Welcome to another edition of the Straight Talk Podcast. I am your host, finally referred to as America's Sheriff. Good to be back. What I mean by that is I was out of circuit for a while, off the grid, so to speak. My dear mother passed away, 90 years old. So I've been tending to that. She was in the hospital. Underwent three surgeries, was in the hospital about a month, and then just started going downhill after that. She fought like hell. But the Lord called her home. So I've been dealing with all the stuff that goes along with that, planning a funeral, and uh, it's no fun. You all know that. This has happened to many of you, most of you, and it's it's part of life. If you're born, you're going to die. You're never ready for it. It hurts more than you know when it actually happens. But again, I put my faith and my trust in God, and he'll help me through this. So let's get back to what's going on in the country and in the world. First, we'll start with the obvious, I think, the war going on in Israel, Gaza, the West Bank. After Israel was violently and viciously attacked, by the barbarians, the savages of Hamas, terror organization, but supported by the PLO. And Israel had no choice. I fully support the state of Israel, their right to exist. And I think it's in America's, it'd be their best move to stay with Israel. And, you know, we got a president right now who's hemming and hawing. You don't really know where he stands. He says some good things, and then he comes out and does something different. They're still trying to find their footing as to how to get around this uncomfortable thing, because as you know, Biden, and it goes back to the Obama administration, supported Iran, gave them boatloads of cash, which went straight toward building their nuclear capability and arming Hamas and other terror groups. This is a war that I will support for that quote that I hate used in the Ukraine war, as long as it takes. And Israel has to finally dissolve and get rid of Hamas. They can't come short. They can't get deterred. They can't get talked into not going all the way. And Exercising restraint, that's all nonsense. And there are some people in the know who testified before Congress and and basically warned that America's capability to support two wars has been diminished and weakened because of this war in Ukraine for as long as that's gone on with no end in sight and about $150 billion later. Our stockpiles are low. And basically, these experts that testified said, it's going to be hard to keep up with Russia and China should something break out there, especially China going into Taiwan. And they're, they're eventually going to do it. So, you know, God, please bless Israel. God be with them as they embark on what's going to be uh, you know it's going to be a bloody a bloody conflict it, you know it's war war is ugly there's no nice way to do war 
you know, the, the objective of war is to break things. That's what armies do. That's what militaries do. They go and they pound it from the air, from the sea, from the land with tanks, and they break things. And let somebody else worry about cleaning it up when it's over. I'm cool with that. But they can't go halfway. And it's just, it's amazing how these, this support for the PLO here in the United States, mainly on college campuses, but not only in co- on college campuses, but in the public squares, these, these rallies in support of the PLO. And not just by some ragtag goofs, but you got members of the Democrat Party that are out there basically calling for support of the PLO and blasting Israel for this current situation. Americans. And here's my my, my thing with that. I am tired. I'm tired of mainly politicians. I heard Chuck Schumer say it the other day. You know, he said, we support free speech. And, And, you know, talking about these rallies in support of the PLO. Folks, this is not a free speech issue. It's just not. It's a moral and ethical issue that you would support this terror organization that committed these atrocities against the civilian population in Israel, beheading people, shooting people, killing people, taking hostages, raping women. You can't support that. So, you know, basically Schumer's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Well, we support the First Amendment, but on the other hand, you know, this this violence that uh, occurred in, in, in Israel is uncalled for. Okay, yeah, we know that. But like I said, it's not a free speech issue. I don't care what these people do, these PLO supporters and what they say, and I'm not asking that they be arrested. And don't forget that the First Amendment only applies to what government can and can't do under the First Amendment. Not private corporations. And I'll give you an example. When George Floyd, that creep, died at the hands of a few Minneapolis police officers, if you said anything disparaging about George Floyd publicly, online, You lost your job. Many people lost their job because they said something disparaging about George Floyd. Nobody came out and said, hey, First Amendment, we respect people's rights, even if we disagree with what they say. No, 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 no. There were cops, ladies and gentlemen, who just reposted disparaging stuff about George Floyd, just reposted it. They didn't even create it originally, and they got fired. Where's the First Amendment protection there? So these clowns running around talking about these university presidents, especially the private the, the private universities, you could kick these kids out of school for doing that stuff, supporting the PLO. You can kick them out of school. You can kick them off campus. There's no First Amendment issue there. There is for a government school, but not a private school. And I'm talking about Harvard. It's a private institution. If a student on the uh, uh, that attended was attending Harvard said, 
held a rally on the college campus in support of the Minneapolis police, they would have been expelled from school. I'm tired of the double standard. And so, sure, we should blast these individuals. But I think even more, where were the counter rallies? That side doesn't have any courage. We should have had counter rallies, showed up with Israeli and U.S. flags, and shouted those bastards down. That's legal to do. So it's okay to burn the U.S. flag under the First Amendment. Why isn't it okay to burn a PLO flag? I'm not advocating for that. I'm just asking the question. If you did that, you'd be in trouble deep. So again, I'm tired of this. These are savages. And the fact that these these people on the left have the nerve and the courage to come out and express their support publicly, attaching their names and their faces to it. Our side doesn't have that kind of courage. Take an Israeli flag and a U.S. flag and get 50, 100 people together and go down and counter-protest. Especially at these public universities. And in the public square, I haven't seen one rally in support of Israel here. I haven't heard of one. Because our side doesn't engage in those types of activities and use those kind of tactics, which makes me sick as well. So we'll see what happens as Israel embarks on this, this war to finally exterminate these savage terrorists from Hamas. And the U.S. better be there. And I'm talking militarily if the call is put out by Israel for the cavalry to show up. Next story. Article here. Tell me what's wrong with this headline. From the Washington Times, tax gap grows. Americans cheated IRS out of $625 billion in 2021. Let me read that again. Americans cheated the IRS out of $625 billion in 2021. What's wrong with that headline? What's wrong with it is this is the problem with the tax system and the tax structure here in the United States. They have this ass backwards. This is not their money. Americans aren't cheating the IRS out of anything. This money belongs to the people who earned it. And that's the income earners. It's their money. And sure, we have a tax system. And you, 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 through the coercive nature of taxation, you have to turn some of it over to the government. But you know what? When Americans hold back or underreport, they're cheating the IRS. It's their money. It's the people's money. But see, we have this built into our heads. Well, we owe the government. Well, we owe the government. Government should be begging for this. We don't owe them anything. So a couple of excerpts from this story here. The IRS dropped the numbers into a raging debate in Washington over how aggressive IRS should be. Catch this. This is what I'm talking about. How aggressive the IRS should be and sweating out more money from Americans. That's exactly what this is. 
Now, here's one source and uh, talking about IRS compliance efforts. He said the climate budget law Democrats pushed through con- Congress and signed by President Biden last year would help by pumping tens of billions of dollars into enforcement. And another thing, ladies and gentlemen, we're operating with no budget and we're operating at deficit budgets anyway. The difference does make how much money the IRS collects. They're spending deficit levels. In other words, no matter how much they take in or how little, they're, they're outspending that. And it was a figure in here somewhere. Let's see if I can find it. In the year we're talking about, 2021, it says the IRS took in $4 billion, but the government spent six point, I'm sorry, $4 trillion. But the government spent $6.8 trillion, so they spent more than they took in anyway. And that's our fault? We're not giving them enough? We give them too much. So it says payroll taxes are paid in full and on time 91% of the time. That's because they take it before you even see it. And then they talk about compliance here. So here's one tax analyst at the Heritage Foundation. He called the IRS image rubbish. He said the agency relies on bogus guesses and adjustments and is attempting to pressure Americans into accepting a more intrusive IRS. And then this article here mentions tax collection in the U.S. relies on voluntary compliance. No, it doesn't. It relies on coercion. It's forced compliance. Under the threat of taking your property, sending you to prison, if you don't pay your taxes. That's not voluntary compliance. But, you know, the, the way they, the, the attitude here of the, of the, you know, the writers and of the, the IRS, like this is their money. We worked for that money. The taxes are too high anyway. Here's something else here, too. Biden administration officials are eager, eager to increase audit rates to get more money. See, more money. It's always from the government. More money. Indeed, they counted on tens of billions of dollars in additional tax collections to pay for the climate change policies in last year's budget law. The United States government is using the tax code, the Democrats, I should say, well, Republicans too, the hell with them. They're using the tax code to finance Democrat, a Democrat social agenda, climate change program. I don't want my money used to support the Democrat social agenda. How about you? Turning the page. You got this mess going on in the House of Representatives with the GOP. They ousted Kevin McCarthy. You know, it's no great loss. I said several weeks ago at an event I attended that I spoke at, nobody in Washington, D.C. is irreplaceable. I'm one of the few that believes that Matt Gates did us a favor. I didn't think McCarthy was doing that great. Everybody else does. I, I just can't believe people. Oh, he, you know, Person after person, after he was ousted, and I'm talking about his colleagues on the Hill and others in talk radio, 
oh, Kevin McCarthy was doing a fine job. And I keep screaming at the radio, how? Tell me. Tell me about this great job. They just throw out this, these superlatives, these generalities, this hyperbole. Oh, Kevin McCarthy was doing a great job. Tell me how. This Republican House has done very little to nothing significant in the year that they've been in charge. And I would challenge you, just do it to yourself, to name something significant that this GOP House has done. All they've done is hold hearings. That's basically all they've done. Okay, yeah, they they, uh, increased the debt uh, ceiling with more spending. And then they're trying to shove through this continuing resolution to keep the government funded. More spending, deficit spending. They're touting that as an accomplishment? Where are the tax cuts? Where are the spending cuts? And these two bills I talked about, the debt ceiling and the continuing resolution to fund the government, where are they? So you have this one congressman here, a GOP congressman says conservative hardliners who helped oust Kevin McCarthy as speaker could very easily cause the party to lose its House majority in 2024. Representative Tom Cole of of Oklahoma, veteran GOP lawmaker. You know what veteran GOP lawmaker means? An insider, guy who's been there too long. Who chairs the House Rules Committee, touted McCarthy's leadership in the lower chamber as he rejected a call by conservative hardliners to oust her speaker. The overwhelming majority of my party supports the speaker that we elected. We're proud of the leadership he's shown. Tell me about the leadership. Tell me about it. If the GOP loses the House in 2024, it'll be their own doing. One of the things that I heard a a, a GOP congressman say, well, one of the things we've done is we've had these hearings and we've gotten a lot of the truth out about things going on with the Biden administration, blah, 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 blah. That's all they're doing is holding hearings that lead to nothing. I don't want this stuff flushed out. I want people held accountable. I want people fired. I want people dragged into federal court. Fauci, under oath, lied to this GOP oversight committee. He said they didn't fund any gain-of-function research. Yes, they did. They found emails and stuff that showed they did. He's lying. You lie under oath, it's a crime. It's called perjury. When Christopher Wray, under oath, testified before a House Oversight Committee that the FBI was not targeting Christians and that this, this, he called it a rogue office somewhere in the United States, put out this memo that he says, no, that was just local and it shouldn't have been done. Come to find out later, That memo circulated all throughout the FBI. He was lying. And he's not held accountable. So all of this flushing things out that the the GOP thinks they're doing, it's useless. It's a waste of time. Nobody's held accountable. I want people held accountable. 
and we don't get it. All we get is bluster. All we get is saber rattling. They said before they, they, they won control of Congress, the House, the Republicans, said they were going to impeach Mayorkas. Mayorkas has not been brought up for impeachment, and that was a year ago. They said they were going to impeach Biden. They're finally getting around to it, but folks, that's not going anywhere. They said they were going to get to the bottom of Hunter Biden. They're not getting to the bottom of anything. This stuff, it's all, these are activities. This is not accomplishment. I want results. I want people held accountable. I don't want to just be told about it. People were lying. The FBI was lying about the damn Hunter Biden laptop. Who's held accountable? Why didn't they drag Comey, James Comey back? And all these other clowns. Why didn't they drag them back in? Hillary Clinton, drag her back in. About this Steele dossier. You know, Jim Durham or, or, you, you know, conducted a four-year investigation and basically led to nothing. I'm tired of this. We didn't give the, the, the GOP control of the House for this. This is underachievement. And they need to be called out about it. And maybe they need to sit outside of power again as a reminder. We're not looking for Democrat light. Turning the page. Call for Day of Jihad prompts greater vigilance by the FBI and Jewish groups. FBI Director Christopher Ray on Thursday warned of attacks in the U.S. as security around Jewish institutions ramped up, prompted by an increase in threats against Jews and a former Hamas leader's call for a global day of jihad against Israel last Friday, past Friday. Oh, gee, thanks, Mr. FBI Director. You and your illustrious, I say that tongue-in-cheek, agency took your eyes off the ball. You have your agents running around, harassing and spying on moms attending school board meetings. That's what you call a threat to America. Moms. This is the same guy whose agency was targeting Roman Catholics, called them radicals, and said they were domestic security threat instead of targeting terrorists, foreign terrorists, instead of hanging out at the border and watching people coming in and gathering, helping gather information so you can do backgrounds on these people. You're chasing moms around at school board meetings. So you took your eye off these things and now you're all oh, oh, terror and we got to be vigilant. Shut up. Just shut up. That agency is useless. And that's another thing. There were several members of the GOP House at the time said, if we get control of the House, we're going to defund the FBI. None of this crap has happened. None of it has happened. It's all the typical political rhetoric. That I don't know about you, but I get sick of. Here's another story that, 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 that somewhat parallels what we're talking about here. Republican presidential hopefuls put federal agency departments on the chopping block. Here we go again. This is Republicans, ladies and gentlemen. 
I'm as sick of them as I am the Democrats. These people running for president, promising everything, a car in every driveway, a chicken in every pot, and it's all BS. Let's spend a little time on this article here. Vivek Ramaswamy is vowing to close the FBI, IRS, and Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida adds the IRS and Departments of Commerce and Energy to his list of unnecessary government bureaucracies that need to be permanently closed. Former Vice President Mike Pence wants to shutter the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, as part of his push to revive federalism, and former President Donald Trump has joined his rivals in the 2024 GOP presidential race who promised to abolish the Department of Education. Let me stop there. The Department of Education, you know when Reagan ran for president? Because remember, folks, Ronald Reagan is one of my heroes. But there are no sacred cows. I've said when I started this podcast, I gave you my word. If I see some things that need to be pointed out, I don't care what party they belong to. I'm going to call them out. Ronald Reagan ran for president, and he promised to abolish the Department of Education. That's back in the 80s. George W. Bush ran for president. 2000? Promised to abolish the Department of Education. The Department of Education still exists. See, and then they just, you know, everybody just moves on. This stuff just falls into the ether. So it says here, Mr. Ramaswamy, a biotech millionaire, has been the most aggressive in targeting three-letter agencies and the unelected bureaucrats that run them. He's promising to close the FBI, firing many of its employees, and send the rest of the workforce into the U.S. Marshal Service, Drug Enforcement Agency, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, also is on the chopping block, along with the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Man, that's a lot. It's like four agencies. How are you going to get that done? They never tell us. How are you going to? Reagan promised it. George W. Bush promised it. How are you going to get this done? You know how they're going to get it done? They're not going to get it done. They know everybody will forget about it. So it says here, Mr. Ramaswamy again envisions moving some of these employees into other federal agencies. Why? Get rid of them. Shrink the federal employee workforce. That's where most of the money goes into salaries and benefits. Why shift them around to other agencies? That makes no sense. So it says here, so if Congress will work with me, this is DeSantis, so if Congress will work with me in doing that, we'll be able to reduce the size and scope of government. Oh, if Congress will work with him. Congress has no interest in closing these agencies, and that includes both the GOP and the Democrats. They have no interest in closing these agencies. So, so DeSantis puts his caveat in there. I'm going to close this, 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 so if Congress will work with me. Really? It says here, critics say the big promises are far-fetched and will go unfulfilled. Bingo. 
Frederick Hess, the senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, a conservative think tank, says it's easy for candidates to pledge to eliminate the Department of Education, but harder to spell out their plans for doing so. And that's my, my problem here, or my point here. Tell us how you're going to do it, because this has been promised for the last almost 50 years. Reagan was in in 1980, 40-plus years ago. And the Department of Education is still alive and well, and none of these other agencies have been cut either. Cut their budgets. Cut the fund. Start there. I know you can't get rid of these massive bureaucracies in one fell swoop. Cut the budget. Oh, but, you know, these, uh, you know, children, the children's lunch program is out of this, and black children will, will starve. No, they won't. See, then the Republicans run scared when they hear that. Uh-oh, they played the race card. So it says here, the frustration you hear is that it's often served as a talking point in order to avoid having to talk about any of the hard stuff or think through how you actually rein in an out-of-control department, Mr. Hess said. Mr. Hess said Mr. Trump was well-positioned to target the Department of Education when he took office in 2019 with a GOP-controlled Congress, but it didn't happen. And look, I fully back Donald Trump in 2024. But the fact is, like I said, I, I, gotta, I have to call a spade a spade. I'm not going to sit up here and insult your intelligence. And, 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 and think that, I think that you don't know that this stuff's all a bunch of BS. Cutting the federal agencies, trimming them down. Start with trimming them. Ramaswamy wants to move some of these people out of these agencies after he cuts them, which he's not going to do. And the other agencies, you're just moving deck chairs around on the Titanic. Lay them off. Get rid of them. Wow. This is a lot. And, and that's why this whole this, this whole situation with these presidential debates, I think the next one's in November in Miami, all a waste of time. It's all BS. Promise the world and deliver very little. Trump had the highest mountain to climb because not only did he have to fight Democrats, he had to fight Republicans. They wanted nothing to do with him or his agenda. In fairness to him, the president can't just end these federal agencies. Congress plays a role in it, and Congress isn't going to do it. So stop insulting our intelligence. Stop lying to us. And talk about the border's enough. How are you going to close the border? What are you going to do about spending in Ukraine? The next Congress is going to have this in their lap. This is not going to be resolved before 2024, folks. You know that. None of this stuff is going to be fixed. Not anytime soon, anyway. Wow. And you wonder why I say nothing changes in Washington. A speaker or no speaker? It's not holding up anything. They're not moving any conservative agenda in the GOP house. They just delayed the, the 
continuing resolution to fund the government. I think until November or December, and then it'll be all back at that again. These things just go from one crisis to another. Everything in Washington, D.C. is an existential crisis, but it's not. Many of these people are incompetent. Washington doesn't fix anything. Washington spends money, your money. That's all they do. They spend money, money that they don't have. That's why I support what Gates Gates is trying to create, you know, some some chaos here. Be a disruptor. That's what I like about it. He, he had the courage to stand alone. He didn't dis- he didn't hurt anything. These people are saying, oh, it's a crisis and, and the government can't operate. Good. The government just makes things work any worse anyway. Don't solve any problems. They don't fix. You know, I mean, you know how long we've been trying to fix that damn border since Ronald Reagan and the Congress came to an agreement. It's the 1980s. They gave the at the time two or three million illegals living in the United States gave them amnesty. Reagan amnesty. And then he also put some other things in place to tighten up some of this, the visa lottery, and and this. Now we have this this massive problem with people overstaying their visas. Chain migration. Illegals coming in and we just give them a court date and we catch them release. After we thought we had this fixed in the 1980s. We're right back where we were and worse. Now there's about 15 million people. What are you going to do with them? Nobody's, you know what I want to hear from these presidential hopefuls? What are you going to do about these 15 million illegal aliens living in the United States? Start shipping them out. Ship them out. Ship them back to where they came from. I haven't heard one candidate, not even Trump, say that. We cannot give 15 million of these ne'er-do-wells amnesty. We can't do it, nor should we do it. So that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad to be back. I'm going to stay on it. Not for me, but for you. Thanks for listening. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with the brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0. A buy one, get one free offer with promo code CLARK. MyPillow 2.0, with its temperature-regulating technology, is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0 buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, it does. MyPillow 2.0 gives you the 
best pillow ever. Enter promo code Clark, that's C-L-A-R-K-E, to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. Friends, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Straight Talk with yours truly, America Sheriff David Clark. And a special thank you also goes out to our sponsors. My goal, as always, is to break down these complex and many times controversial issues and bring it to you straight with a little dose of common sense, no media bias, no talking points, just truth. And this podcast would not be possible without your support. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite place to listen. And please share this message of common sense on social media. For more content, be sure to follow me on Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And just a reminder, we'd love for you to join our Straight Shooters VIP Podcast Club for only $5 per month. And with that membership, you'll receive invitations to attend private podcast events throughout the year as a VIP guest when we come to your town. Plus, if you join today, you'll also receive a free coffee mug and a sample of our private label coffee as long as supplies last. Subscribe and join at America Sheriff. This podcast is brought to you by americasheriff.com with executive producer Judy Wilkinson of JL Wilkinson Consulting and producer Josh Wentz in partnership with our friends at Bulldog Media. If you are interested in partnering with Straight Talk Podcasts or having me speak in your area, please contact Judy at jlwilkinsonconsulting at gmail.com, 706-518-2116. That's jlwilkinsonconsulting at gmail.com. Phone number 706-518-2116.